Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. My name is Mike the Hebrew Hammer Brown. And ladies and gentlemen, we have got an absolutely phenomenal show tonight. When I say phenomenal, we have so much to talk about tonight. The GOAT, Jeremy Brenner, and myself, we have made it to another season of Houston Rockets basketball with that ex- my talented co-host, Jeremy Brenner. Jeremy, what's going down? It's been way too long, Mike. But I, I know, man. What, like, it's been like five ever. I know, bro. I know. It's been a little weird. Uh, we've made it, though. We have literally made it the offseason. I don't know what it was about this offseason. This is, what, our third offseason together? Third or fourth? Yeah. I want to say yeah. third. I want to say I want to say fourth actually. Fourth? Well, yeah, cuz yeah. So we did we did the bubble. Yeah, right after the bubble and then we and, had an off season and then we had 2020. Yeah, this is our fourth. And then we had another off season 21. So this is our third full off season that we've endured together. Gotcha. Well, it's exciting, man. I I think uh uh, I don't know how much of media day you were able to catch today, but I, I watched the entire thing. Um, there's definitely some highs I want to get to, and there's also some low points that I want to get to. I didn't see the low points talked about nearly as often as I thought I would on Rockets Twitter, but I'm excited to break those down with you here tonight. Yeah, well, um, you know, that's the thing about media day, right, is it's the pinnacle of optimism. It's literally – you know, everybody's talking about how excited they are about the season. Everybody is, you know, nothing bad has happened. We have no, you know, negatives to really report. Everyone gets to start. It's the first day of school. You get to start fresh. And yeah. like, you get you get your classes. You get your teachers. You get your expectations for the year. Everyone's all ramped up, excited, and ready to go. And and that's that's what we're doing here at the Dream Take. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to the first thing is there were some guys that did not speak today. That was shocking to me. Absolute shocking. And there's actually one guy that did speak that actually shocked me as well. Which one do you want first? Why don't we discuss um, who didn't talk first? Maybe that okay. would be easier. And then we can kind of you know, breeze over those and then move yeah. on to the next. Okay, so there's two guys. Kevin Porter Jr. did not speak today, but he was definitely at Media Days because there was a, a cool video of him doing – I thought uh, he did speak, Mike. No, there nothing official. There was nothing official, like one of those big like pressers that all the other guys did. I watched the entire feed. I did not see him. So if he did speak, yeah, I see, I see it. Yeah, he he did speak. Okay, I then I missed it because I was watching the whole thing, and maybe it was because I was a little bit behind, and a lot of those interviews were going really quick. So if he did speak, my sincerest of apologies, I did not catch it. 
Um, okay, so let's go directly to the next there, one. There was a lot going on today, so I, yeah. I don't blame you at all. Ty Ty Washington didn't speak either from what I saw. Maybe he uh... – Yeah, I don't think Ty Ty Washington talked today, man. I Kevin Porter – like I said, man, I, there was a the, – the feed went down for the Rockets at one point. I know they had to repost another feed, so maybe that's when it happened. Uh, but I definitely didn't see any quotes or anything from Ty Ty Washington. Yeah, maybe maybe at me. But I, I do think a lot of people were talking about him. Yeah. And that can be discussed. Well, that's fair. Okay, so let's get into the first interview that I that I did today uh, or that I saw today. That was Stephen Silas and Raphael Stone. Um, so they spoke a couple of the quotes that stuck out to me um, when Raphael Stone was approached about a potential contract extension for for Kevin Porter Jr., Raphael Stone, I don't know who asked the question specifically. He was kind of a dick about it, though. He was like, yeah, we're not talking about uh, extensions. It, like, shut down the whole thing really abruptly. Raphael Stone didn't say a lot today, but when he spoke, I got real dick vibe from him. I I apologize. I don't know a better term for it. But he was kind of an a-hole today. I wouldn't look into that too much. I think think a big thing here is – to not take everything that we're seeing today. Yet we are here analyzing all of these press conferences yeah, right. and picking them apart. But I wouldn't, you know, take anything out of this. You know, we're, actions speak louder than words. And today all we got was words. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't put too much stake into anything that we're saying. But it does give us something to talk about and, and something to use to kind of preview where everything is going for the next, you know, couple of weeks as we – you know, train up for the season, yeah. which begins on the 19th. So um, I think when it comes to extensions, you know, obviously, you know, like Rafael Stone knew that question was coming. There's no way he didn't know that question was coming. And I think that, um, you know, you kind of have to, like, this isn't the first time, you know, a player has wanted a contract extension before training camp and they haven't gotten one yet. Um, and there, that's not to say that there won't be, but... I think obviously we've talked about this throughout the off season about whether Kevin Porter is worthy of that extension. Will he get it? How much will it be? And um, you know, but we may not get that answer before the season. And I think Rafael Stone made it to where he's not leaning one way or another as to whether there will be or not. Um, I, I think he shut, he shut it down today, but that doesn't necessarily mean it won't happen. You know what I mean? No, I, t- I totally get what you mean. It was just a really – like it was an abrupt answer to a question, and it was the first um, – what's it called? First interview of the day. So it, it started off, but it definitely – like I'm, I'm sitting there at my work desk, and I look up. And I was like, oh, okay, Raphael, okay, bring the attitude, bring the wood. I kind of don't like that, but that's fine. That's just me. That's just personal preference. Um, Silas was really big on uh, speed – uh, he thinks it's obviously going to be an, an advantage this year with, um, you know, youth. Um, you know, it's a good mixture of second and third year guys. You know, they have 14 guys on the full roster right now that are either in their first or second year. Yeah, which is which is why they've been losing for so long. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, it was crazy. So, but I think uh, one thing that I noticed from this interview in particular. Um, you know, last year they talked about, you know, what do you want to see from this team this year? What do you expect? And they really left um, 
last year they kind of said, you know, we don't really have any expectations, you know, we just, we want to have fun. And this year it was a very different answer. It was, we want to be a team that is very difficult to beat. Yeah. Or I don't know if that, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if those are the exact words that used, but that's the idea. And I, and I like that. I like that, um, you know, they are progressing from where they were a year ago and they have more of a goal towards winning, not exactly winning, but in terms of, you know, trying their damnedest to win every night instead of just show up every night. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was definitely a, a word by word quote was he, they want to be a team that other teams don't want to play against. And that's on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, that was, that was basically the gist of stone and Silas. I mean, it was a lot of what you would expect from Steven Silas. He's excited to get into the year. Uh, Stone is excited to see what he's got in the in the young guys. He was very complimentary of Kevin Porter Jr. and his offseason. He said he's building a lot of really good habits uh, that he likes to see. He thinks those habits are going to lead not only to a productive season, but to a productive life. And it was a really eye-opening comment by Stone for me on Kevin Porter Jr. Because you can that leads the fan base to believe that this front office is interested in not only building the best team possible, but building up these young men to be the best productive members of society in addition to that. So I thought that was a pretty cool comment by Stone. Yeah. Um, let's move to Alperin Shen-Goon. A um, couple things. Obviously, he pointed out his presser lasted about seven minutes, I would say five to seven minutes. Um, one thing that he wants to improve mostly this year he pointed out was shooting quick feet. Uh, he wants to be faster this year. He feels like he wants to play faster, but he also wants to have a good mixture of that in the game, slowing down for him, being able to make better decisions. Um, he pointed out the team that the Rockets have here with how young they are fits in really well with the team that they have in Turkey as well. So he feels like that transition from the Turkish national team to what the Rockets have is a real smooth transition. He was very complimentary of Barbara Turner, who's one of the coaches here on staff. She spent time living in Turkey. They're fairly close. Um, and let's get to the biggest comment by Alperin Shangun was, he said, and I quote, I believe we will be the best in the league someday. It's pretty cool. That was a pretty cool moment by Shangun. The amount of trust and confidence that he has, not only uh, with himself, but with his teammates. Yeah, I think, um, again, it kind of alludes to more of the we're not just here to have fun team. And, yep. you know, but also they know where they are. You know, at the same time, they know that this year is not the year that they're expected to be the best. But they know that they are on the process of getting there. And that's, that's again, what this year is about is to, to, prog to progress closer to where the best teams in the league are. And I think that... I think that this year they've made the moves and they'll make the developments necessary to get to that point. Um, and you're seeing in the West, especially that teams are, are starting to bottom out, trying to go after the top people in this class. And I think the Rockets are going to find themselves in a position to where they could be in that, uh, that 10 to 12 range, maybe not necessarily 10, maybe not necessarily 11 either, but um, you know, there's there's Utah, San Antonio, OKC, 
And those are three teams I think the Rockets can be better than this year. And I and I know this is not really a discussion. I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I think that should be the goal for the Rockets this year is to get to the top 12 of the conference. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. It's and a reasonable I think... goal. And I think that they aren't necessarily looking at that. Um, I don't think they're necessarily looking at that as like they're ta- – they're not necessarily looking at a tangible goal. They're not necessarily saying – Let's get X number of wins. Let's beat X number of teams. But I think they're just saying, you know, let's let's make everyone's life a living hell every night we play. Yeah, they want to. They obviously they want to get better uh, night in and night out. I think, you know, a a top 10, top 12 pick, I think, is, is about right for this team. And a lot of the comments that they had today on multiple levels would give you the idea that they certainly think that they are capable of capable of that as well. Uh, next, on, next up on the podium uh, that I uh, was able to listen to, Eric Gordon. A um, couple things uh, about Eric Gordon I want to get your take on. Uh, biggest quote from him was, and I quote, um, he was asked about his future in Houston. That was always my goal was when I came here, I wanted to retire a Houston Rocket. Winning is first and foremost, though. Business is not in my control and it's not in my hands. All I can do is come to work and play hard. You listen to Eric Gordon today at at Media Day. This sounds like a guy that wants out. And I think he deserves out. He should have been out by now. And we're just going through the stages of it at this point. But he sounded like a guy. My my assessment of the way he sounded, he didn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be here. He wants to be playing for something bigger than a, a, a top 10 pick. Yeah, and then we're gonna be sitting here again next year talking about how Eric Gordon wants out again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how it's been like the last two or three years with Eric Gordon. Um, it's but strange, man. Honestly, and and there's been like exits that you can take off the freeway with Eric Gordon, and sure. the Rockets have just stayed on the road. Um, I, I, could this year be different? Absolutely. Um, and uh-huh. especially considering like Phoenix again, maybe in the trade market. You know, you never know. Maybe that is a route that the Rockets could move into. Maybe there's a three-team deal where Jay Crowder goes somewhere, Eric Gordon goes to Phoenix, all that. That's a that's a discussion for a different day. But I think um, there is potential. Um, you know, he's in his 30s. He doesn't have – He's he's seen more of his career than he has left. And I think he's recognizing, you know, he wants to get back to where he was – four years ago where the Rockets were at the, at the top of their, of their class. And I, w- I don't blame them. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about it numerous times about how it, could this be the year he should be gone. He's taking up minutes of whoever and all that. It does lead me to believe though, if he's, if he's like this, are they going to use the John wall effect on him and not play him until he finds a new home and it frees up some minutes for some players on the wing that really need it. I absolutely agree. And we're going to get to one of those guys here in a couple of minutes. Uh, while we're doing the show, I was able to find some of the quotes from Kevin Porter Jr. And I do want to get to those. I want to get your take on this, Jeremy. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. said, and I quote, just a little more understanding myself, looking at myself in the mirror, looking back at everything I've been through. I got sick of being in my own way, basically. 
that's a lot of wisdom for a guy in his position. And it may just be lip service, but I'm going to lean on the side of optimism when talking about Kevin Porter Jr. I think the guy really means it. You know, between what he said with that quote, with what Raphael Stone said, I think we could be in the midst of a Kevin Porter career year this year. And him being in a contract year, I think is definitely going to help that. If I'm the Rockets, I'm I'm getting a little bit more aggressive trying to get a, an extension done before the season starts. Because I do feel like at this point, if they wait, it's going to cost them that much more next offseason. Yeah, and, and he look, he will if if they do wait until next offseason, he will be restricted. So the Rockets will be able to match whichever offer sheet comes their way if yeah. someone else does. Um, but you do want to get ahead of the shark on this one. Um, and I, I think we've said it, you know, I think we, when we talked about it in, in detail earlier um, in the offseason, we, we both agreed that it will happen. Um, and I think today, if, you know, I don't like to read too much into everything that we saw today, but if if you had to, I would say that it does sound like Kevin Porter is a guy that you want around the team long term. Um, and he just, he just oozes potential still. And, and we're getting to that point with the Rockets now to where these people that have, you know, we've all, we've, we've talked about their potential for so long. We really want to see it. Um, and we don't just want to see it in the box score. We want to see it in terms of wins. And that's the one thing that these guys have yet to prove yet, but there is that energy surrounding this group that they are going to figure it out. And it's always been there for me. Um, but I think today, um, you know, that, that tone is being set. And I think that we are getting closer to good Rockets basketball again. I do. Oh God, Jeremy, I can only hope so. Um, Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but no, so great quote there from Kevin Porter jr. Um, before let's get to real quick, Tari Eason, um, he was pretty quick. He was, I would say, four to six minutes up on stage. Uh, I'm a competitor. I'm someone who wants to win. Says his defense, defensive versatility is going to really help him at the next level. Um, my favorite quote of his today was, my whole life, I've just hung my hat on work. It's pretty cool, man, because he was, he was touching on his career where he started at Cincinnati. He ended up at LSU, had a big year at LSU. Then he ends up here in Houston. And he sounded like a guy he was just excited to have somewhere to call home for the next three years, or not three years, for the next few years at least, I should say. I think he's going to be here long term. I think that they have big goals for him. I think that he is going to meet and exceed those expectations. I've said it before. I think he's the starting small forward of this team by the end of the year. Um, and hearing his workman-like mentality today made me just like him that much more. Absolutely. And I think, um, I, look, I've been on the Tari train since before he was a rocket. Um, and, you know, roll back the tapes. If you want to go listen back to all of our episodes from the off season, go ahead and uh, rewind, click back a couple episodes. We've been giving out Rockets content since the end of the season and beyond. But um, I, I've looked. Tari is again, once again, saying the right things. Um, and I really, you know, today just adds to the excitement for for him, in my opinion, for for me at least, as as a, as a fan and 
as a viewer of the Rockets. I'm, I hope, and like, like you said, you know, getting Eric Gordon elsewhere is to kind of, you know, make room for a guy like Tari Eason, um, a guy that could be the starting small forward of the team if things go in his direction. Um, it could be also a number of players, you know, that it frees up minutes for. KJ Martin, it could free up minutes for him. It could free up minutes for Tari Eason. It could free up minutes for Jay Sean Tate. You know, there's a lot of players that we really aren't still a thousand percent sure how they're going to fit long term. And that's why um, moving away from Eric Gordon would make sense for the Rockets moving forward. And having a guy like Tari Eason play as much as he can. You know, I, I hope that we see like a Josh Christopher like season from him where he kind of uh, bullies his way into the rotation. I think that's the words they use to describe Josh Christopher at the presser today. He um, did. I, I'd love to see Tari Eason bully his way into this rotation because at this point, you know, if Eric Gordon stays, if Garrison Matthews stays, because the thing about Garrison Matthews too, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit, is he's so, he really helps the team with spacing and that was also something that was stressed today was spacing and how the team needs better spacing. But Garrison Matthews is probably your best like that saying that saying the team needs to get better at spacing helps a guy like Garrison Matthews get minutes because he, that's why he's on the floor and that's why he's in the NBA. He's really helps the rocket spacing problems. Um, so that would mean to me that he's probably going to get a good chunk of minutes at some point during the season, uh, probably earlier in the season. Um, but Getting a guy like Tari out there, getting as many minutes as we can for him is going to be crucial. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we will talk. We will touch on on Garrison Matthews. Next up on the list was uh, Jay Sean Tate. Uh, didn't talk about his his contract extension too much. He did touch on he's not going to change his his mentality, even though he has gotten that nice uh, contract extension this offseason. Um, he credits his trainer Stefan Martinez of Dig Deep with making him a better shooter. Um, he's emphasized getting those three-point shots up, especially from the corner. He was very complimentary of Alperen Sengun being one of the better big-man passers that he's ever been around uh, or playing with in his career. Um, biggest quote from Jay Sean Tate was he described the Rockets' atmosphere currently as electric. We're going to be a team that people hate to play against, going back to that, because uh, you're going to have to bring your track shoes. They are going to look to run run, run. And the guys that they are putting on this team, I don't know how many games they're going to win. I don't know how good they're going to be. And for better or for worse, they have put a tremendous amount of speed on this team. And it's going to be exciting to watch per Jay Shante. Yeah, I think I think for a team that doesn't shoot the ball really well, which is what we saw last year, you know, they've they've made changes to the team to hopefully get them to shoot a little bit better. Uh, Jabari Smith adding him is important, um, you know, getting getting guys like that. Um, but at the same time, uh, an easy way to help a team that doesn't uh, shoot the ball particularly well is to score in transition. And that is something that the Rockets can do really well. I think the games in which the Rockets do end up winning this year, it'll be because they they win on the fast break and they, they get ahead of the ball and they, they get a lot of three-on-two situations or – two-on-one situations where, you know, they're, they're putting themselves in a position to get easy shots and to, to win matchups that are favorable for them. And, 
and you know teams like because they're not gonna play spring chickens every night you know like that's how you beat teams like the lakers it's how you beat teams like um i guess i mean old when i think of old teams that's the first team that comes up to mind but there's a lot of teams like like milwaukee i would say doesn't like to really run the ball too much denver isn't a huge uh team although they might be different this year with jamal murray back but um you know there's a lot of teams that um i I would put the rockets athleticism at the top of the league probably in terms of just team overall athleticism i would definitely say they're one of the top teams so i think that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna win games if you're the 2022 23 rockets um but we'll see how many – but the thing is that, that strategy is not a sustainable one, and they're not going to be able to win every night like that. They're going to have to be able to shoot a little bit better. And I know there was a lot of talk about Jay Sean Tate and how he's like doesn't really care about his three ball. I think that was mis- misconstrued. I thought that was uh, taken a little bit out of proportion um, because he also said something about how he's been working on his corner threes. And look, like he reminds me a lot of like P.J. Tucker – a little bit in terms of like that's going to be his role uh he's going to be more of a you know like dig in on the defensive end and you know be able to space the floor on the offensive end like when you have jay sean tate out there next to jabari smith and uh jaylen and kevin porter and shangun you don't need him to score like like there's so many better options on the offensive end of the uh, on the offensive end to score instead of Jay Sean Tate and Jay Sean Tate can do his little, you know, post up and look, he looked bigger. Like his, he, like he looked like a bigger dude than yeah. he was. And, and like he played bigger than his size last year. So now that, that size is catching up to him. I can't wait to see how he's going to be able to do that. To me, Jay Sean Tate is very much the same kind of player, just a little bit better of a version of him. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest thing for him, if you can increase that three point percentage from 31% last year, if he can get north of 35%, this team's going to be in a good spot offensively. Yeah. And I, a hundred percent. And I think if, if they better position him for those shots, because the shots started to look better at towards the end of the year, I think that's definitely obtainable. Um, next guy up, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the franchise cornerstone, Jalen Green. Um, he didn't say – yeah, and I think it was crazy because not a lot of – none of these guys really spent a tremendous amount of time up on stage. Uh, but we got a decent amount of content, I would say, from a lot of the guys. So special shout-out to all the the reporters that were there. I think they asked a lot of great questions today. So guys like you and I could have a show to break down some of those comments. So shout-out to those guys there. Um, first off, on Shangun's claim that this team was going to be the best in the league one day, Jalen Green said, that's a fact. Pretty cool moment. Um, when he was asked on expectations for this season, he said, I want to carry my team to more wins than last year and hopefully get an all-star nod. Um, Jalen said that him and Kevin Porter Jr. have the ability to be the best backcourt in the NBA. What he worked on this offseason, a lot of catch and shoot, ball handling, pick and roll, isolation, better getting to his spots, being more efficient there. Um, he exclaimed that this Rockets team is going to be better than they were last year. Um, he also said that he gained about 10 pounds of uh, muscle in the offseason. I think you and I were quoted as saying we thought he was going to put on somewhere between 10 and 15 pounds. So we were right there um, on that. So 
those are some of the highlights from Jalen Green. Um, he does look like he has been spending some time in the gym, so good for him. Uh, but it was obviously great to see Jalen Green there today and to look excited about the upcoming season. Yeah, like Jalen, Jalen's the face of the franchise officially. Like, and to see that, like, I, I, he, I think he's also taking this responsibility of being the leader of the group and being the leader of the team. And he's talking like the leader of the team would, and he's acting like the leader of the team would, or at least we'll see if he's acting like the leader would. I, you know, he's definitely talking the talk, and I'm excited to see him walk the walk. And I think everything that we've seen so far leads me to believe that he will end up walking the walk. Absolutely. Um, so we've got uh, four more guys to break down here on the show tonight. Thank y'all so much for taking some time to hang out with us on a Monday. Okay, let's get to. Let's get to Boban. I'm sure you've seen the tweets. I'm sure you've seen the stories. I'm not going to call myself a Boban guy, Jeremy. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to do it because I I do feel like his impact on the game on the court is vastly over-exaggerated. If you're not a Boban guy, though, what's wrong with you? This is the thing that that's like, I left the press <laughs> conference today. I'm not going to say that I almost ordered a jersey of his, but I almost ordered a jersey of his. Um, and you know what? Ten years when you go to a summer league with that jersey on, people will come up to you and they will they will like give you a hug or they will give you money for just gracing you with their presence. So I did meet. I I don't think I've ever told you this. I did get to meet him and Tobias Harris a couple of years ago at a Texans game. Bobon could not have he could not have been nicer. They were in town. The Rockets were playing the Sixers and and they went to the Texans game. But nicest guy in the world. Um, Pretty cool moment when he first gets on stage and he introduces himself to the group of reporters was pretty funny. He was like, hi, my name is Boban. And everyone laughed and he was like, okay. Um, so that was, that was pretty great. Um, quote Athlete, by him. So just like you and me. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, he, that's what you would normally do in a, in a setting yeah. where you don't know people. You go, yeah. hi, my name is Jeremy or hi, my name is Michael. Or, or you know, you just do like, it's fair. very normal. You know what? Humble King. Yeah, I like it. I mean, the only thing that he could have done better than that, I guess, is wear a name tag, which he didn't do. But that would have been really funny. Um, but one of his quotes was, I try to be the best human being I can be to help my teammates and support them. I'm happy because I'm here. It will be an amazing, amazing year for us. He He's quoted as saying that the guys are flying all around, jumping from the floor to the roof. He quoted uh, Silas. He's the nicest human being ever. Um, he does have previous experience with him in Dallas as well. Um, cool tweet by Clutch fans. Boban must stick with the Rockets this season. It's not even debatable now. This is a, exactly the kind of high character, hardworking, positive individual you need in the locker room. I think that pretty much sums up how a lot of Rockets fans are feeling. And I do feel like once they inevitably get rid of Eric Gordon, Boban's the perfect guy to have on this team. Although I'm still going to advocate for my guy, Willie Colley-Stein. I feel like he's he would have a better impact on the court. They don't, to, need, they don't need Boban to have an impact on the court. They don't right, need exactly. Colley-Stein to do that. They need them to have that impact off the court. And right. I do think that having Boban there does lessen the need of a guy like Eric Gordon. Um, sure. Yep. But also, I think when it comes to um, – like. I just think Boban's like, look, if he's the guy that you got for a sixth man of the year candidate, Christian Wood, he better deliver. And it seems like he will. So 
looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, quickly touch on Garrison Matthews. Not a lot of uh, insight into what he did this offseason outside of playing a lot of golf. He uh, he did work a lot with John Lucas this offseason. And if you're spending an entire offseason with a guy like John Lucas, you're going to get better. Garrison, again, a lot of the guys, credit to the, to the training staff, because it looks like a lot of the guys – have noticeably gotten bigger and stronger this offseason versus last year. And, yes, that's going to happen with guys this young, but it looks like they took the time, the effort in the weight room this offseason. Um, and he said it himself. He said, I think it was Jonathan Fagan who asked him, what it was. what's that feeling like of getting numerous guys in onto the roster that play a similar position to Garrison? And Garrison Matthews said, look, I'm used to having to fight for my minutes. I think that's going to develop really good battles in training camp, which is going to make guys like Tari Eason and Jabari Smith that much better having to scrap against guys like Garrison Matthews and Jay Sean Tate. It's going to make for a really exciting camp and some really intriguing battles that I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, Gary, Gary Bird is definitely, I think, as long as we get the Gary Bird and not the Garrison Matthews, I think he's definitely worth playing. Um, even though he might not necessarily be your your top prospect. Um, but, you know, for a team that doesn't shoot the ball well, if you have Gary Bird shooting the ball well, he's definitely a positive to have. But if it's Garrison Matthews, who looks like an accountant, then uh, he belongs in whatever accountants do. The hair, the, hair look, do. the hair looked good today, though. I had to give credit to Garrison it Matthews. It looked like an accountant. Yeah, I mean, it, it was well-groomed. I, I mean, it was, a, it was a good-looking accountant, but... <laughs> That's fair. That's an fair. accountant, nonetheless. Cre- yeah, credit to Adam Spillane, who said that best hair of the day did go to Garrison Matthews. I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, so let's get to our last two guys. Uh, let's get to Jabari Smith Jr. Um, one, thing that really point- one thing that really stood out to me about Jabari, very poised today. He wasn't as edgy as he was during the draft, because during the draft, you could tell he was visibly upset about not being the number one guy taken in the draft, um, which I like. I like both sides of it. I'm not saying one side's better than the other, but he was visibly angry. You could, I felt like the night of the draft. And today he was much more cool, calm, collected, talking about, you know, spending time with teammates, playing video games, doing a lot of different things with teammates to try and grow that camaraderie during the season. Um, he talked about he thinks he's grown uh, which is interesting between the combine and today. Um, he thinks he's going to measure in at 6'10", 6'11". That's a, that's a change. That's a game, not a game changer. I won't say, but that definitely alters the expectations that I feel like Rockets fans can have for a guy like Jabari Smith Jr. We knew he would be able to guard multiple positions, but if he's a legit 6'10", 6'11", that puts him in the conversation of having the ability to guard on most nights positions one through five. Um, he talked about one. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and the, the last thing was he wants to, um, he's really tried to improve his lateral quickness uh, going into the NBA. He feels like that's a major part of his game that he feels like he can take another level to. You know what? For some people, size matters. And, um, you know, sure. the fact I don't think it's going to really matter if Jabari Smith is 6'10 or 6'11. Um, you might as well just round it to seven foot, foot at that point. That's what I do, except just a foot shorter. Um, but, you know, I think I think having Jabari there um, 
and he did act apparently a little bit calmer just because, you know, on draft night, he assumed he was going one or two. One said nope, two said nope, and I can understand why he would be feeling some type of way about the draft. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and then you get to, you know, now it's three months later. He's been able to, like, process everything a little bit more. He feels a little bit more comfortable. He's already said how much he feels like he's grown as a player, which is very nice to hear. Um, but he's only going to feel that tenfold when he's playing in real live NBA games. Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, let's get to our final interview that I want to talk about today. And it was by far the most uncomfortable interview to listen to today. That would be oh, KJ. This is, this is this is where we got to end. I think you want to end on the sour note. Well, not a sour <laughs> note, but uh, definitely the most uncomfortable interview of the day. That was KJ Martin Jr. That was probably the most uncomfortable interview I think I've ever watched was today. And it was no more than five minutes long. Um, he said it was a good productive summer. He was asked if he feels like he's going to be here long term. He said yes. He was lying to I mean, I, it was easy. There was no emotion to him. There was no, I'm excited to be here. It was, I'm here to do a job, and that was it. So, you know, it, it was pretty, pretty evident that KJ, if he's gonna be forced to be here, it's gonna be a situation he's gonna play. He hopes to get minutes. But it sounds like if it was up to him, he hopes he can take his talents elsewhere before the start of the season. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting because there are several um, teams around the league that are dealing with something similar with KJ Martin, with where it's like um, where he's looking at maybe looking to play elsewhere. Like Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder's not playing, uh, not not in training camp. Kemba Walker with Detroit, he's not in training camp. Mm-hmm. But with KJ Martin in Houston, he is. So I don't know if that's exactly because he is like he's not he doesn't have the seniority to do that. Um, and if he's like able to uh, like if he's earned that right, um, he's obviously talented enough to be in the NBA. That's not the question. Um, but it does lead me to believe that there might actually be plan like he may not be lying. Maybe there are plans to keep him here long term um i guess what i'm trying to say is i understand like the tone of it definitely sounded like it was just him going through the motions and and all that and at the end of the day i'm I'm really i did not expect this timeline for kj martin i will agree with like i will say that i did not think that this is like if he does get traded i did not think that this is how it was going to end but here we are. And yep. um, look, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Obviously, you know, he's he is practicing and he is hopefully going to play. So um, we'll see if if that happens. That's something we don't know yet. Based on what we've heard today, though, we can only take what they tell us at face value. But we can look at the look at the uh, what's it called? Um, like the undertones of it and the writing maybe, on the wall. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to look into something until I see the the cold hard facts. And the cold hard facts tell me he says he's going to be here long term. I have no reason to not believe that. Yeah, no, that's that's 100 percent fair. Um, and that was the gist of media day. It was it was pretty cool. You know, they, they also showed uh, some of the new food that they're going to have uh, at the stadium. One thing that stood out to me, I'm not sure if you saw this, uh, a prawn cake 
will be available at Toyota Center. Nothing says to me, let's go to a Rockets game and have a wonderful night out like some prawn cakes. That sounds to me like let's go to Toyota Center for some prawn cakes and get the Rockets game for free. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, let's go to a game and spend It'll $62. It'll be like a $70, on... $70 yeah. uh, you know, reservation and $20, like $30 for parking. It's a hundred dollar prawn cake, but you get a free Rockets game out of it. So yeah, yeah, right. Buy two prawn cakes and get a free Charlotte Hornets game, you know, to view. <laughs> uh, but no, it, the food looks looks good. Um, so just to let everybody listening to the show know, starting this Sunday, we will be back doing our uh, scheduling that we've done the last two years here at the Dream Take. Uh, we will be doing a show after every single game, after preseason, regular season, and hopefully postseason games. So we will not have a show on Thursday. We're going to take a little bit of time off between now and Sunday. But starting Sunday, anytime there's a Rockets game, you can head on over here to Spotify Live. Catch us after the game, either myself or Jeremy or both of us together. We are going to be live after every single game. I say this uh, the last two years, Jeremy. It's something I'm really proud of. Uh, just professionally, us, you and I being able to pull that off when I've seen no one else do that. So shout out to you, Jeremy Brenner, for being a part of that. Yes, it'll be quite the journey once again, and I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else, Mike. So, yeah. my, my man. This has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Take Podcast, or The Dream Shakes The Dream Take Podcast. If you're on Twitter, head on over to The Dream Take. That's at The Dream Take. You can follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Jeremy Brenner, at Jeremy Brenner. And you can follow my co-pilot, Michael Brown, at Bottoms Up, Fins Up. If you're on Facebook, you can search The Dream Shake. Give us a like there. Finally, head on over to TheDreamShake.com on any day that ends in Y to check out all of our amazing writers and what they are publishing on a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you live someday after the Rockets' first game of the year. And until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? 
Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our solo acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.